in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! It is the season of giving. So what if you could give your family something that could change their financial future? Gifting a path to financial independence on today's Get Ready for the Future show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, along with me, John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. Merry Christmas early to everyone. We are talking about giving on today's show, and as we record the broadcast today we are 10 days out from christmas so the obvious question we have to start with is are you done with your christmas shopping oh yeah yeah you, yeah do you do much chris do you have do you have you you, you, you outsource that right i, mean, I let's delegate be it i delegate no, you it you delegate it I usually delegate it. he goes okay. to walmart on december 24th <laughs> no that's that's not true okay uh, my daughter loves to christmas shop yeah and i detest shopping period not not christmas shopping but just shopping period i just don't like to do it and so i just say you know what to do go get do it and uh, you know there is uh, she is my daughter so there is a little profit motive in in this for her yeah Uh, she always tacks on i don't know probably 20 percent onto everything that uh, (laughs) gets bought finder's fee yeah something like that or charge yeah uh, it's delivery charge i I think that's why and she does all the wrapping too so i don't have to do that so you're as surprised as the recipient is when they open their darn gift right. for you. Yeah. <laughs> darn right. I enjoy, I enjoy uh, seeing what presents I've given somebody, you know? Yeah. yeah. Makes that's sense. Funny. That's that system funny. works, I guess. I, I get some plenty of help with my uh, shopping, too, because I don't like it as well. Well, and, and you know, I, the, I, we've told the story on the show before. I, I took a very different take on Christmas many years ago yeah. when, when my wife was out at all hours of the night uh, trying to find Christmas gifts and, and was just frazzled because she couldn't find the right thing or whatever the case may be. And it was just, it, it, it was not joyful. And so we just stopped doing that and yeah. said, okay, we're going to get a handful of small presents to give on Christmas, and then we're going to take a family trip, mm-hmm. and we're going to give mm-hmm. the kids money that they can go spend and get whatever right. it is that they yeah. want. And, and there's no exchanges. There's no oh, disappointment. I didn't get what I wanted or anything like that. It was really one of the best times uh, that I can think of as far as the era of Christmas. If you kind of think about, you know, when you were home, you mm-hmm. had uh, mm-hmm. the, a, a certain era in your life that was that you think about certain things that you did at Christmas. I love that part of it. And we don't get to do that as much because, you know, everybody's got families and all that type of thing. But it's one of those things that I really do endorse and recommend to people yeah i i'm done with one exception i need one gift card um and that's it and i know where i'm going to get it and i just hadn't been by there yet i i do need to do wrapping i've usually gotten that done by now i don't um but i i have some fun with the wrapping at our house uh like last year uh, there was, I think, a six-digit number on each present, and they were all different digits, and nobody could figure out what their gift was. But I had a code, like, you know, I'll just make something up, but like if, if there was a two and a four in there in sequence, then it was Scott's gift. And if there was a three and a one in there in sequence, then it was John's. But nobody else could tell, you know, what what the deal was. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this Did year... you have a sequence? No. Oh, okay. This year, I'm not doing labels at all. It's I'm picking a wrapping paper and like that wrapping paper will belong to one recipient in our little household and they're not going to know whose stack is what so it's just kind of fun to put some little games in there with with the ages of the kids right now i think uh i want to touch back on what you said because when you talk about gifting experience over stuff right yeah. that's, that's kind of where you were going with that i think that happens as you get older yeah it does. It does. i think i mean it does. I, I think that's a, a lot of people tell me that and a lot of it is you've get you know it's a lot of fun to give toys to the kids when they're younger and then they get older and their gifts are more expensive and you have to go through all of that but the reality is my kids have everything they need and and honestly my three oldest are earning income right so if if they want something they usually go get it right yeah, so yeah the experience thing's been big for me so we're going to challenge you today on the get ready for the future show let's think outside of the no pun intended box a little bit more what if gifting could be a path to financial independence for your kids and we're going to we're going to 
talk about that from two angles. Actually planning to pass your wealth on to your kids. So the importance of how you plan for yourself and spend in retirement and what you end up giving to your children and giving them a plan to create their own wealth. So twofold, two-pronged approach today on the Get Ready for the Future. So so as we as we jump off here, I actually looked this up right before we went on the air. Fidelity has a study out, I think it's two years old, that studied millionaires. And I know we've quoted Chris Hogan's book, too. The right. Ramsey organization has one called Everyday Millionaire. I think they surveyed 10,000 millionaires to find out where their wealth came from. But this Fidelity study says 88% of millionaires in this country are self-made. Yeah. Yeah. You think uh, about it. That there's not a lot of passing of the wealth going on. Well, I mean, and we see that. And and while there was maybe some, and this varies greatly in, in our client base, but there was maybe some passing on of wealth to them. It was like $50,000 or, you know, maybe more than that. But in many cases, it was not enough to make them millionaires by any means. And many times, frankly, it has come late in life when they were already millionaires yeah. independently um so it's not that there wasn't any but there wasn't and that's not how they became a millionaire is the point yeah, yeah i think that that there is a uh, an interesting paradigm here that oftentimes you know millionaires are self-made they they yep. most of the time they own a business and sometimes that family business transfers over to the next generation. Sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, especially if the corporation gets to be big enough that it goes public. Then all of a sudden you've got a bunch of owners and not just that individual. And they might actually, you know, the children may own some stock, but oftentimes the children go do something completely different. I'm going to go back to the whole self-made millionaire outside of the business area for just a moment. When you think about the generation that we're dealing with right now in terms of retirees, uh, Scott, you and I talked about this on the Gen X show uh, last week, that we're in that group where they were the first ones to really have access to a 401k. And and so where previous generations were receiving a monthly income through a pension, these people have been able to build up wealth over their lifetime. And and I would say to those of you who are younger out there listening, if you haven't started contributing to your 401k, when you look at the studies on self-made millionaires, when you get outside of the realm that John just mentioned of, of business owners and look at who else has done this, in many, many cases, it is the story of slow and steady wins the race, yeah. contributing to their corporate retirement plan. That's how they got there. Yeah, I, I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, we deal with a lot of self-made millionaires yeah. inside their 401k yeah, plans. absolutely. Uh, and, and you wouldn't know that they were millionaires. It's not like that they have all this money to throw around. It is their retirement nest egg that is going to help them survive throughout their retirement. And frankly, guys, a million dollars isn't all that much anymore as far as, you know, money that you're going to live on for 15, 20, 30 years in your retirement. Or to pass it on, right? Yeah. And and I think about this too, and I think our client base tells me this, that the Arkansas attitude is not to give a lot of money to your kids. How often have you had somebody want to plan to say, I want that that's the primary reason they're planning is they want to give a million dollars to their kids. Right. And we see a lot of times we see this balance between the two generations of the kids saying that's mom and dad's money. And if I get any of it, okay, fine. But that's for them. And then the the older generation may be wanting to give them some. But you're, you're right, Scott, usually not wanting to give them too much because they know how much they individually grew as people yep. to be able to have the self-discipline to get to that point financially on their own. And while they want to help their kids, they don't want to spoil them and make them lose it all. So according to MarketWatch, 70% of families lose their wealth in the second generation, while 90% lose it in the third. So that may be a reason, too, they don't want to give it to their kids, too, right? Yeah. Because they, they don't trust how it's going to be handled. Uh, you know, I could be, my path could have been very different. My great, 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 I think it's three greats, uncle, maybe four greats, three or four greats, was James, way back there. Yes, way back there, <laughs> was James P. Eagle. And he was the governor of Arkansas right after the Civil War and during the Reconstruction time in Arkansas. And then my family tells the story that he had a lot of property and it was over in uh, East Arkansas where Prairie County is, Lone Oak County today. He said that they he could get on his horse and ride from what is now the city of Lone Oak to what is now the city of England and never leave his property. 
My family once had all that land. I don't know what happened. We don't have it anymore. <laughs> right? So you, it does. You want to go find somebody, dig them up, and, and uh, kick them in the rear yes. end, and, and then bury them again, right? Well, yeah, and I've asked that question, and I've gotten some answers, and there are a lot of reasons that family wealth can get squandered. Uh, mine, mine involved alcohol. Let's go ahead and say that. But other causes can be a little more legitimate. Uh, taxes, inflation, bad investment decisions, and just the natural dilution of assets once they're split up many, oh, yeah. many times, yeah. right? Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, but I think it, it is a good point to uh, to emphasize right now that because of tax changes, mm, you're seeing yeah. one of the greatest wealth creation vehicles, 401k plan, mm-hmm. get dissipated when it goes to the next generation right. because of the SECURE Act and the 10-year rule that basically says, hey, look, you got to pull all that money out within 10 years and be taxed on it. It, it takes a lot of self-discipline to go, okay, I'm p- going to pay tax on that, but I'm going to go reinvest it and build it further. If i got to pay tax on it, then I want to go spend it. You yeah, know? You're, you're right. It, it is very easy once you've paid the taxes on it to just go okay now let's pay off the house now let's buy a lake house now let's you know fill in the blank there of all the wishes and wants that you can contemplate but that's not necessarily the way that you grow this and the way that you honor the previous generation i i remember uh, my grandfather talking about you know for for him the majority of his assets at this point in time uh were in land in you know farmland in eastern arkansas and i remember him talking to me about honey there's been blood sweat and tears shed over this land and one day it's going to be yours don't let it go don't lose it don't squander it and I, those are those are words that live in my soul you know <laughs> yeah. that that and and my husband understands like we're not selling that land now yeah. now my children are not under that same obligation they didn't grow up there that's fine they can make other decisions but they will be taught and are being taught to make wise decisions with with what comes into their hands because this whole this whole shirt sleeve to shirt sleeve and three generations thing mm-hmm. is is a terrifying thought when you think about how much money is in our country in the hands of of individuals and of couples at this point we have a tremendous opportunity to change the family tree across the country moving forward Mm -hmm. but we also have a tremendous responsibility that we cannot squander yeah absolutely and and i think if you do proper planning that's going to be the saving grace for passing it on to the next generation. And if even if you don't have a lot that you can pass on, if you encourage proper planning with your kids, mm-hmm. they will have that opportunity to live a life that they otherwise could not live because they didn't plan well. You plan well, you live well. Yeah, that's our offer today on the show. And we're going to talk a lot about how creating your own financial independence and having the right plan for yourself can be additive to your children's financial future as well we're going to talk about that uh tax situation with the inherited ira rules changing in the last uh, almost two years now right. lots to talk about in today's show but we do want to encourage you to take advantage of an offer we have for you if you call between now and december 23rd so you've got about a week here to schedule your appointment you can get half off your financial plan we want to offer that to you personally and or your children you can bring them with you and we can do two plans or you want to just gift one plan to your children any way you want to take advantage of this offer i would encourage you to do it to get half off your financial plan by calling 866-653-PLAN easy to remember 866-653-PLAN that's 866-653-7522 six to get started and and with that offer is available from now until december 23rd and that's just to call and get it on the schedule you don't have to meet during that period of time i I would challenge anybody find a 50 percent off sale going on before christmas (laughs) yes you know uh, a lot of people do it after christmas but before christmas and it's a great opportunity to build financial independence this is a value of between 500 and 1500 dollars so a half off financial offer for you to call us again the number is 866-653-PLAN it's eight six 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 five three seven five two six you can call that number now giving gifts that uh, can impact your children's financial future that's the subject of today's get ready for the future show back in a moment during this season of giving giving your family something that could change their financial future gifting a path to financial independence that is the subject of today's 
Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, along with John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. And we're going to talk about, in this segment, the best part you can, or the best thing you can do to give a gift of a path to financial independence to your children is to get your own house in order. I mean, let's let's be honest. It does start with you for a couple of different reasons. You, you're being an example to your kids with by making smart financial decisions, but you're also setting up a plan for yourself that if you do that right, you can make sure that you've taken care of yourself and not become a burden on your kids. And we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But, you know, when you think about boarding the airplane with a small child, and I haven't done that in a long time, <laughs> and I didn't do it very often, period, because I didn't want to do it. Right. <laughs> but if you sit down next to a small child and they go through the safety precautions that you're supposed to go through and the, the stewardess or the flight attendant is what I'm supposed to say, right? The flight attendant is going through the seatbelt procedure and then the mask, right? The oxygen mask. If something happens uh, and the, the oxygen in the cabin loses pressure, those masks are going to fall from the ceiling and they tell you what? Put yours on first and then put on the person beside you. Right, because you're not doing that child any good if right. if they have oxygen, but you don't. That's right. And, and I think where this shows up in financial planning oftentimes is well-meaning parents who want to do everything for their kids, and not bad things, but you know things like saving mm-hmm. for college and things of that nature, and they neglect their own retirement. First of all, it is a misplaced priority, I think, uh, to to do that because no one is going to help you fund your retirement but you. That's just a fact of retirement life these days. And so when you think about what impact that actually has on people, then you have someone who arrives at retirement and has not enough money to survive and ends up maybe having to be dependent upon their kids or living a lot lower lifestyle than they should. And I'm sorry, poverty oftentimes begets poverty. It is one of those things that just kind of seems to go from generation to generation unless there is a determinate break in it. Somebody has to to, man up pardon the expression, and go, I'm not going to continue this legacy anymore. And yeah. I think that that's a, a real important thing that often people lose sight of in the heat of the moment, if you will, of trying to take care of family and all that type of thing. Well, I, I think it's important to, to realize you're not just passing down the money, you're passing down the habits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think about, I, I don't have any statistics on this, but you know, how much more likely is the next generation to have an alcohol problem if the parent has an alcohol problem? How much more likely are they to have, fill in the blank, whatever the problem is, if they have seen that modeled, even if there was a period of time when they couldn't stand it, they've seen it modeled and on a weekday they fall into that same habit and then they they can't dig themselves out of it. And the same is true financially. Even if you're not talking about money, your children are observing your habits. And when I say children, let's give a wide age range on this. From toddlers through to your adult children, they are observing at times that you have no idea that they're making an observation, little nuances to the conversation or things that, that maybe you really do talk about openly. They, they are far more aware of your financial habits than you think they are. So what are they picking up from you? And are those habits things that you want them to continue in life? I think if you also uh, understand the context of do parents want to do things like provide for a college education for their kids? Yep, uh, most parents definitely do want to do that. But what are you really providing for that, that child? When you think about the fact that if you change your family's financial tr- tree, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, that ha- will have way more impact on them than providing for that college education that they may or may not use. Well, and I always go back to, can you do both? And and if you can fully fund your retirement and be on track to retire and fund your child's college education, great. That's fabulous. If you can't do both, I promise you that if your child fully understood the ramifications of that decision, they would rather you fund your retirement than their college because you're going to wind up needing to either move in with them or need their assistance when you get to retirement. They can handle student loans if they have to. And frankly, guys, let's just talk about college in general. It's not for everybody. If my kids wanted to do something that did not require a college degree, I would be all over, you know, go and pursue your passion 
passion, whatever that might be. It does not necessarily have to require a college degree. Huge debate right now as to whether or not college is even worth it. You know, there there are a lot of people that that Mm -hmm. look at how much money they put into college and how little they've gotten out of that degree uh, in uh, in terms of income from the workforce. Yeah, I think the perspective has been in the past that if you didn't have that degree, you weren't going to be able to earn as much income as you could without it. And that's just not true anymore. Well, let's just face it. uh, For a while there, you were a second class citizen if you didn't have a college degree. And, and, And now I think that that worm is turning so to speak mm-hmm. but I th- let's go back to to the bigger point here i think we can all look back in our lives and go okay that was a pivotal point that decision changed the course of our family mm-hmm. uh, or that lack of decision changed the f- course mm-hmm. of our family think about what you're doing with your money as having long-term implications and not just short-term gratification. All right, so here are a couple action steps for you. Steps to take as early as possible, because again, the point we're making here is giving and gifting a path to financial independence for your children starts with creating your own path to financial independence. You got to get out of debt, and that really should resound right now during the holiday season yeah. because we, yeah. can, we we tend to give whatever we want to give we don't have a budget for christmas giving and it just goes on the credit card and, and let me just say that that the issue with debt is not whether or not you can make the monthly payment yeah. no. that is a, a head fake the issue is what that debt robs you of the ability to do in the future. Yeah. That There is no more true statement about debt than that. Yeah, you may be able to afford it, if you will, by making the monthly payment. The question is, what are you avoiding or what is it that you're depriving yourselves of because of that lingering debt that's out there and, and you can't get rid of it? You got to make a decision about whether that's important or what is it that you're willing to sacrifice now that you can get rid of that debt so you can live free in the future. And these are minor sacrifices sometimes. I think about in my own life, there was a time where I did not see a, a vision of where I would ever not have a car loan. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I was yeah, going to have yeah. a car payment. Well, I realized finally that it was because of the type of cars that I like to drive. Right? <laughs> I yeah. mean, you, yeah. the, so the sacrifice is you've got to be able to pay that car loan if you have one off and not in, go around and turn it into another one right, right away. Right. So you have to get the right age car, the one that's going to be reliable, get it paid off, and then start paying yourself that payment, that monthly payment, and build a cash fund so that when you trade in and have some value in your trade, you've got cash to go along with it, and that can be your first car that you own without a payment. You know, this is really one of those big generational habits mm-hmm. that we see transfer that if if you grew up in a family that always had car payments, then you probably have car payments. Um, and in my family, um, there my parents never, ever, ever had a car payment, not once. And so it's important to understand, again, it's not just the impact for you, it's the impact for your children and and what this is going to do for them in the future. Well, it's also point out the number one way to stay out of debt is to have an emergency fund. Yeah. Because how most people get into debt, it's not a volitional, oh, I'm going to go run up the credit cards. It is some emergency that comes up that you have to be able to meet that emergency with cash. And if you don't have the emergency fund, if you don't have the cash, guess what? It's going to go on the credit card. Are you going to go to the bank and do a second mortgage or whatever the bank requires you to do? And then you're in the pit. And it's very hard to crawl your way out of that pit. And that's how debt happens to a lot of people is that they don't have three to six months of expenses in an emergency fund set aside, not your retirement plan, not your college education fund, none of those things. It is labeled as your emergency money that if everything hits the fan, then you've got cash to answer that need. In that study that we talked about at the beginning of the show from Fidelity that said 88% of millionaires in the United States are self-made, their number one source of that wealth of creating wealth was inside of investment accounts inside Mm -hmm. of retirement accounts so here's another action step do you even know if you have a 401k at work do you know if you're contributing enough to max out your employer match because more than likely an employer is giving you free money i'll try to keep my mic on the table More than likely, your employer is giving you free money if you contribute a certain amount of your income. So we use the term 401k on the radio show very generically. 
just think about your employer plan. You might have a simple IRA. You might have a uh, 403B. You might have TSP, Thrift Savings Plan, if you're a government employee. There are lots of different combinations of, of letters and numbers to describe the name of your retirement plan. But the point is, your retirement plan likely has free money available to you in the form of a match from your employer. Do you know how it works and do you know if you're getting every free dollar out there? Because the reality is if, if we sit out here in the front of the, in front of the building today and we said, Hey, if, if you come by and you put a hundred dollars in here, you're going to walk away with 150, you know, in this little bucket. Well, that's your 401k. That's the way this works. It, it most commonly it's a 50 cents on the dollar match it might even be a dollar for dollar if we did that there'd be a traffic jam like crazy out here but Mm -hmm. people bypass their 401k regularly yeah and and it's not that instant gratification you don't get to walk away with it but but you do get it because it has your name on it it's your money and that company match may have some strings attached to it like a vesting schedule but if you work there for long enough you will get all of that that match money uh it is it is almost lunacy to walk away from a 50% return on your money before it's ever invested in most cases. Well, and here's the question. What's your other option? Because yeah. the previous generations had a pension. Yeah. If they didn't invest because they had a pension, what what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, that all of those things that we've mentioned, getting out of debt, having an emergency fund, taking care of your 401k plan, those are all steps to build wealth. You've got to step through the program. And oftentimes, stepping through that program means having a coach to go with you and help you to understand the steps to make along the way because look there's all kinds of noise out there on the internet you can get led astray very easily having a trusted financial advisor who's going to work in your best interest is a real key to making all these steps actually work i think about those self-made millionaires in this country most of them are probably working with a financial advisor to make sure they stay that's millionaires, right. right because that's the last action step and we don't have time before the break to get into it but on the other side of the commercial break, planning for your future. So if you've built wealth, if you've taken those steps of get out of debt, build an emergency fund, create margin, start investing and saving, and you've built that wealth, how do you make sure you don't run out of it in retirement? We're going to talk about that when we continue on the Get Ready for the Future show right after this. During this season of giving, what if you could give your family something that could change their financial future, putting them on a path to financial independence? That's the subject of today's show, and we have a great offer between now and December 23rd for you to call in and schedule an appointment for financial planning, and if you do, you'll get half off your financial planning fee. Get started by calling 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-653. 7526 and schedule an appointment doesn't have to be on the calendar by December 23rd you just have to call and make it by December 23rd to get half off your financial plan maybe it's for you maybe you don't have a financial plan maybe you'd like to gift that a Christmas gift to your kids of financial planning or like maybe you'd like to have both you and your kids come in and do it at the same time we can certainly make that happen by calling 866-653-PLAN So we're talking about taking care of your own financial independence, and that's a great way to gift a path to financial independence for your kids. We talked about the things to do during your work life to start building wealth. What about once you get there, once you have done that, and we work with clients every day here at GenWealth that have built wealth on their own through their investments, through their employer plans, maybe even outside investments, and then they arrive at maybe they're a few months out, maybe a few years out from getting ready to retire. And they need to live off of those assets that they've accumulated for the rest of their life. And most people, guys, don't have a clue on what that number on their 401k statement means when it comes to retirement income. Yeah, and I think that there are a myriad of different issues. Let me just share with you guys a, a story that uh, I just engaged in this conversation last night. One of my my dear friends from a long time ago uh, contacted me, and she said, hey, I've got this pension thing of where I used to work, and they're telling me that I'm now 60 and I can take this pension and uh, do something with it. What do I need to do? Do I need to take the income, or do I need to take the lump sum 
from that pension. And so we talked about her circumstances and situation, and there is no pat answer to that. So we walked through her situation. And for her, it was very important that not only that she uh, captured that those dollars, but also were able to grow those dollars and then turn them into income. She plans on working until 70. And so she's got 10 years to go. This pension is frozen, so it's not going to grow anymore. She could either start taking the uh, money per month, or she could take that lump sum, forego the guaranteed money per month, grow that money, mm-hmm. hopefully, and be in a situation where maybe she could take more income in the future. And so we talked through the options on that. But those are the complex things that that hit people in retirement that oftentimes they don't have a clue. As Scott, you were saying, they don't have a clue as to what the decisions need to be. They know what outcome they're looking for, mm-hmm. but they don't know necessarily how to get from point A to point B. Well, you know, in that conversation and talking about this story for this person, you said the word plan multiple times. Mm. There. Yes. And and I think that is so critical and it's something that is is missing almost across the board in our industry. Um we do planning for everybody who walks in the door. That is just a part of our process. Uh but guys, I've been in the industry for two decades. John, you've been in over three. I have yet to see one single plan, a written plan of a competitor of ours. And, and and I say that to say to you as an investor, as you know, a retiree or a soon to be retiree, planning is important because without that, you have this pool of money. And now what? How much can you take? And what about when the market goes haywire? How much can you take then? And how much do you really need to take? And what about taxes? And what about Medicare premiums? And what about a Social Security claiming strategy? All of that and many other things should go into an overall comprehensive plan. And and that's that's really how you, you know, we talked about honoring the previous generation there's there's a little bit of honoring the work that you have done yeah. as well and yeah. you want to be sure that you make a wise decision and a plan gives you parameters to say okay within this realm these are these are some wise decisions and not that there's one right and everything else is wrong but these are some wise decisions that you can make but if you get outside of these parameters we're no longer in the world of wise decisions and here's what could happen yeah. Hey, I'm a simple guy, and I like simple analogies, and this is a great analogy to what we're talking about. Nobody starts a journey, a trip, a vacation without knowing where you're going and how you're going to get there and what stops you're going to make and where you're going to eat, where you're going to spend the night. All those things get mapped out, if you will. You have a plan for that vacation. What plans do you actually have for your retirement in terms of not only taking care of your money, but being sure that your money takes care of you. Those are things that that only a financial professional can sit down with you and help to coach you through because, look, if you think it's complicated talking about building up money, uh, the whole distribution strategy yeah. of, yeah. of, you know, being sure that your wealth uh, keeps you going and is there for the next generation. That's a pretty complex set of circumstances yeah. that you got to work through. Yeah, Tim and I just met with a client uh, yesterday. In fact, in he is retiring at the end of the year, came coming in to see us for the first time, and he has uh, all of his retirement account invested one hundred percent in stock mutual funds. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's on. He's been on quite a ride over the last mm-hmm. five years. Things right? been good, and he's. Mm-hmm. But he knows. He recognizes that it has to be different in right. retirement. Yeah. But he doesn't know how it needs to be different, and that's where the investment strategy gets implemented in the overall retirement income plan that shows that monthly income and how the assets need to be invested. Let my investment side of things come out for just a second. It has to be different. But what has normally been different, which is bonds and fixed income, are dangerous investments now because of where it looks like interest rates are headed and inflation and all that type of thing. You've got a real problem. Even if bonds don't go down, the value of the income from those bonds is actually going down because inflation is going up. Yeah, we were just looking at some of those bond index returns this year have been negative, right? Yes, they have been. And you don't want that from a safe investment. Yeah, that's a problem. 
problem. All bonds are not created equal. How does fixed income fit into your retirement income plan? What other asset classes are available? All of that plays in to the investment strategy to create a retirement income for you in in your uh, post work years. Well, Scott, I think it's important to point out here that you know you can talk about financial plans, and that sounds rather stiff and. St- and all of that type of thing. But when you look closely at a financial plan, when you really examine what a financial plan is, it's not a row of numbers. It's not charts and graphs and things of that nature. It is really the heart of a family. It is a heart of a couple that has worked all of their life Mm -hmm. trying to build up money. And, you know, I express this to, to clients who come in to see us at GenWealth all the time. And that is we never lose sight of how important this decision is to you and your financial future. It is a huge deal. And to jump off into that with just a scant amount of knowledge about that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Guys, let's talk about a, another way that you can lose your wealth. We've talked about like the, the lack of planning. Mm-hmm. Um, long-term care is a tremendous concern. Uh, and, you know, I know when we say long-term care, most people immediately think nursing home. Mm-hmm. We want you to think about how do you maintain your dignity and independence throughout retirement. And if that means being able to stay at home for a longer period of time, uh, if it means, you know, being able to pay for somebody to come in and provide care for you while you're at home, think about dignity and independence as we have this conversation, guys. So uh, think about this. I'm not going to go to a nursing home. That We've heard that, and I, I appreciate that. I don't want to go to a nursing home. But let's talk about what it costs to not go to a nursing home. Right. Assisted living, $48,000 a year. Home health aides, Bottom end, $52,000 a year. I know that one of our team members had a grandparent uh, with uh, an extended period of care where it was like 24-7, 365, and it was like over $100,000 in a year was being spent on that care. And so those are things that you've got to think about when it comes to the depletion of your wealth and how that could, you know, even the most successful investors can have their wealth slip through their fingers in a moment of frailty, uh, a relative moment of frailty in their life, uh, where those kind of expenses are, are hitting you upside the head. Yeah, and, and guys, nobody wants to think about this, but I would encourage you to think of not for yourself, but what if you need the care and you're leaving your spouse behind? That's right. Because that's where this comes into play for me in a retirement income plan that we build and you've got a monthly check that's coming to you from all sources, Social Security, maybe there's a pension and your assets. And let's say that totals enough around six, seven thousand dollars a month, which is plenty of money for the two of you to live in a normal retirement lifestyle. But if there is a medical event that occurs and one of the two spouses needs that care and John just quoted those numbers, four or five thousand dollars a month just for their care. What happens to that other spouse? Yeah, that that can be a, a real problem. Scott, I want to get in one other aspect of this. And I think this has had a little bit of a renaissance in the last few years. Uh, most people, when you talk about life insurance, would rather you talk about nursing homes. You know, they, they, don't, they don't want to think about dying. But life insurance has emerged as one of the greatest wealth transfer vehicles mm-hmm. that there is available right now. When you think about what's happened with IRAs and, and 401k plans with the SECURE Act and all that money being taxed in a 10-year period of time, as opposed to being stretched over a lifetime like the rules used to be, Life insurance becomes a great wealth transfer vehicle because you're buying it with discounted dollars, you're paying a small premium, you get that death benefit, and that death benefit actually is tax-free to the beneficiaries. It is the one way that you can avoid Uncle Sam having his hand in your financial future, and that's through a life insurance policy. I I would say keep an ear to the ground for some more news in this arena next year because Washington is is working on some final details on estate tax numbers, and that may be in the realm of us normal people before too long instead of an extraordinarily high number. And if that comes into play, life insurance in some creative ways may solve that for some people. So that'll be something we revisit next year. But uh, you need to be aware of what your needs are and whether they are being met. Some people don't need life insurance in any form at the time of retirement, but some do. And you need to know which one you are. 
this comes down to leverage for me. If if you yeah. need to leverage the insurance company to provide something just in case it happens, right? That's why we have health insurance during our work life right. and long-term care, life insurance. Those can be uh, ways to leverage your retirement. And if you need to learn more about that, it is part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. We take a look at that and show you your options and you can give us a call and you can get half off your financial plan if you call now to schedule your appointment before December 23rd. Call 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. Back in a moment. Giving your children and future generations a gift that will lead them on a path to financial independence. That is the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker, back to land the plane in our final segment. And John, you mentioned something in that last segment from a from a life insurance during our life insurance discussion that I kind of want to revisit, uh, and that's the Secure Act. And we've yeah. talked about it several times. Uh, on this show, but it's certainly worth revisiting because it is a still very recent development in legislative action taken when it comes to retirement accounts. In late 2019, so we're now in two years of this being passed, and it took a, uh, took it was enacted in January of 2020. The Secure Act became law in January 2020. Secure is an acronym for setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Now they are always good at building those beautiful little oh, acronyms, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I don't really agree with this one at all but the main diff there was a lot in that law and some of it was actually pretty good right it wasn't all bad but this part of the law really rocked the way money gets inherited by the next generation from qualified money so let's talk about that yeah the, i think this is really one of those things that they did for financial reasons obviously to uh, fund some you know deal that they wanted to do a few years ago in congress and people don't really understand what the impact is. And it's not until you get into it and maybe even you get close to the end of your life and you start thinking about how your kids are going to inherit your wealth and you've done a lot of that in qualified plans. And then you suddenly realize that the government is going to make it really hard on your kids to actually get the benefit of that qualified plan. Here's the scenario. Let's say you have a million dollars in a qualified plan, IRA, 401k, doesn't matter, any kind of qualified plan. That can pass to your spouse without any problem. There is absolutely zero tax that goes, the, as a matter of fact, the spouse just takes it as their own IRA. But when it goes to the next generation, in most cases, the law has changed. It used to be that the next generation could spread out the withdrawals of that money over their lifetime. And effectively, they could use that as a wealth-building vehicle to further build wealth for them. But the problem comes into the fact that the SECURE Act has narrowed down that withdrawal period from a lifetime to only 10 years. So let's think about this. Let's say that by the time your IRA gets inherited by your kids, let's say your kids are 50 years old. Likely, those kids are in the highest earning years of their life. That's a general statement, but yeah. that generally you're going to earn more money in your 50s than you will in your 20s or 30s or whatever the case may be. So you're already making a pretty good income. And now you get that million-dollar IRA, and according to the law, you have to take all that million dollars out within 10 years. So let's do the simple math on it. You have to take out, let's say, $100,000 a year. Well, maybe you're already making $100,000 in salary or whatever the case may be. Maybe your household income is $100,000 a year. All of a sudden, you now have another $100,000 on top of the $100,000 of taxable income that you had from your work. Puts you into a higher tax bracket. Now you're going to get taxed even more on that money as opposed to being able to take a small amount of that IRA out during that same year period of time under the old law. So this is a really, really onerous deal that I don't think people are going to really understand the impact of until it hits them. Now, as we said in the life insurance segment, one yeah. of the ways that you can do deal with this is to spend your IRA money during your lifetime and not leave a big chunk of IRA money to your kids, but to buy life insurance. Maybe even think about buying life insurance and using some of your IRA money to pay the premium because the end result of that would be the life insurance death benefit is a tax-free transfer to your kids at that particular point in time, and it preserves that wealth that you've been able to build up over that time. 
There, there are a lot of nuances that can occur in this scenario, and ideally, it's important for you to come in and plan while you're still living rather than your heirs having to come in and go, okay, here's what I've got now, what do I do? And can I say that you need to come in and, and start planning for this before you get to the stage where you can't qualify for life insurance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If life insurance is going to be the answer, and it is a good answer for many people, if that's going to be part of the answer, it has to be solved for sooner rather than later because even if you still qualify with every year of age that you add, you're going to add some more premiums because you're a little bit older. Uh, Another thing, this is just a a minor detail, but it can be impactful if you've got a larger sum of money. We always talk about the 10-year period, and that's what it says, but like if somebody passed away in January of this year, the clock, the 10-year clock doesn't start until January 1st, of next year and so it's the it's the january 1st of the following year after death that that starts so really you could kind of distribute this really over 11 years as long as they don't die right at the end of the year you can distribute this over an 11 year period which helps some when you add in additional children like the more children you have the less of an impact per household i'm assuming this goes to kids but the less of an impact per household if it gets divided among many heirs but the point is there's a lot of planning and a lot of nuances and and we have had I'm frankly surprised at how much exposure we have already had to planning for this in spite of the fact that it's been out a short period of time. Yeah, I actually had a client that uh, his sister passed away, and Mm -hmm. that brought into reading into the law and realizing that all inherited IRAs are not the same, right? There is an age difference. Ten years. Ten years. So these uh, siblings were less than ten years apart, so it did not apply in the IRA. She didn't have any kids, so she passed the IRA on to her brother. And he did not have to take. He it gets all out to stretch years. it like like old school. Exactly. Yeah. Now, on the life insurance issue, let me hit one other thing. I just got to say this. I've had people come in and say, "I don't believe in life insurance." What? Life insurance isn't the Bible. Life insurance isn't God. It's not something to be- Yeah, it's not <laughs> something to believe or not believe in. It is a tool for you to use in building your financial future. And or passing on, in this case, your financial future to the next generation. Uh, don't get caught up into this whole thing of, I don't believe in X, whatever X is. Look at it as, is this an appropriate tool for my situation? And if it is, use it. If it's not, then don't worry about it, but don't get foggy-minded about that and come up with some I-don't-believe-in scenario. Let me say, too, to the folks listening that may not think they can qualify for life insurance or they think it would be too expensive, too, you mentioned spend the IRA. The government does require you take it out of the IRA. They do not require that you spend it, right? right. So if, right. if life insurance is not an option for you, you can very easily begin, and I think that highlights the important for importance for a retirement income plan again, right? Because even if it's more than you need, or more than you want, you could see in the software that we use in our planning how much income you could receive on an annual basis, monthly basis, from that IRA and keeping you in the tax situation you want, not jumping brackets. You could you could make those withdrawals, take those distributions, but turn right around, John, and put them into an investment account. That, yeah. That's true. And, and that investment account uh, will, as of this moment at least, it yeah. will get a step up in cost basis uh, when it's passed on to the next generation. But that's even suspect as to whether true. or not that's yeah. going to last. Yeah. Another opportunity that we haven't talked about with the IRA money, if you're going to do some degree of charitable giving anyway, then when you get to that required minimum distribution age, which is now 72, used to be 70 and a half, when you get to that point to be able to do charitable distributions straight from the IRA account directly to the 501c3, then if you are if you were going to do it anyway, then take it from the IRA money instead of another source, and that decreases this problem for the future generations. I would point out, too, real quick, since you talked about that, we are talking about the QCD in our fastest four this week so That's if great. you haven't signed up for the fastest four since it's year end, right a lot of people are thinking about charitable yeah. giving before the end of the year in this season of giving find out a little bit more about that qcd uh, by signing up for our fastest four and you can do that by texting the word fast to 501-381-5228 against 501-381-5228 text the word fast and you can get our 
Fastest Four Minutes in Finance, which will be reappearing on our show, by the way. There's a little tease. We'll tell you a little yeah. about that in a couple of weeks. That's kind of intriguing. Yes. We'll, we'll check that out. Scott, I think that, that obviously when you think about gifting and, and what gift you're going to give for Christmas, I can't think of a better gift that will have long-lasting effects than gift of a financial plan. Is that your final thought? That was the bell. No, no that was the bell. <laughs> okay. I, I you still have a final thought. I, I do have a final thought. Yeah, that was your next to final thought. Yeah, that was. Okay. The, the, it's, a, it's a continuum here. So my final thought is this. We have a program for you regardless of where you are in life. If you're just trying to figure out money, Money Works is a program that we have here at GenWealth to teach you the fundamentals about money. If you're trying to balance life and, and money and family and all of that, then Money Guide is what you want to have. Uh, that is a planning program for folks that are accumulating money and trying to balance life and money and, and take care of family and all that type of thing. If you're five to 10 years out from retirement, the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process is what you want. All of those planning programs are on discount between now and the 23rd. Give us a call so we can help you. I'd like to take a moment for my final thought to talk about the name Gen Wealth and, and what that means because it's very pertinent to this topic and can apply to you individually. Gen Wealth comes from a generational transfer of wealth, but also at the beginning of, of life when you're beginning to generate wealth. So whatever stage of life you're at, if you're maybe you've got your first job and you're just beginning to generate income and maybe you're at the point where you're going, I really need to be thinking about a generational transfer of wealth and anywhere in between. The responsibility is yours to get a plan together so that you can be in a position to give, to be in a position to make the next generation a little bit stronger than what you were financially and to help them grow. And we're here to help you do that. My final thought without a plan, the future is just what happens to you. The future can't be what you want without planning for it. Hope you've enjoyed this week's Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening and watching, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, leave us a rating and review. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.